I want to take a moment to say thank you to our show sponsors, which today is Organifi. I love all of their products because, number one, they are organic. Number two, they are USDA certified organic. They're very low in sugar. They use the best superfood ingredients, and I've found a couple of products I'm absolutely in love with. Let me tell you the three that are my favorites. The first is Organifi Gold. That's what I'm drinking at night. It's like a warm cup of tea, but it kind of tastes like kind of an earthy hot chocolate. It's made out of nine different superfoods, and they are designed to help you get into deep sleep and recovery. You'll have better sleep. You'll have better REM sleep, which is really important to cleaning out those toxins in your brain and helping you to wake up and feel restored and refreshed. I drink that at night. Then during the day, if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I mix two other of their powdered ingredients. One is called Organifi Pure. And for me, it just tastes a lot like my lemon ginger water. I drink Pure because of the brain impact. It has clinical research that shows that your BDNF, which is your brain-derived neurotropic factors, are increased by over 206% by drinking this. And it tastes delicious. I happen to mix that with another product they sell that's called Immunity. And I started taking that at the beginning of coronavirus. And it's designed to improve your immune system. It just gives you the antiviral, antifungal, antibacterial support internally that you need from a combination of ingredients like beta-glucans, olive leaf extract, and vegan D3. I mix those two together. I think it's delicious. Organifi is a great company all the way around. Customer service, their product development, the way they lab test their ingredients. It matters to me, and I know it matters to you too. So check them out. I'm going to spell it for you. Organifi is O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I. O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com forward slash Shaleen. And when you go there, they are going to give you 20% off all of their products when you use code Shaleen. So you go to Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com forward slash Shaleen. That gets you 20% off. All their products are great. My favorites, Pure and Immunity. What's up, party people? Hey, thank you for joining me today. Happy Friday to you if you're listening on the day that it comes out. My name is Shaleen. This is what we call a Car Smart Friday. I'm in my car. I'm actually on my way to the gym. And today we're going to talk about, well, I'm going to answer all the questions that people have that they've been asking me like crazy lately on social media. And some of these questions are like, you know, maybe there are things you wanted to ask, but you felt (laughs) like you had common sense or common courtesy and thought, well, that's kind of rude to ask, but I'm going to answer all of these questions and more. All right. So we're going to talk about like, you know, lifestyle and houses and moving and just all the things. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Listen, before we get into it, you're listening to a Car Smart episode. If you always listen to Friday's episodes because you love the personal stuff, obviously you would love Patreon, but I don't want you to take my word for it. I want to share a couple of messages that I got this week, and I don't know about you, but I would rather hear from somebody else what they think of it. So here you go. Hi, Shalina Brett. It's Joanne, and I'm a Vault member. I have been since the day it started. I love everything about it. I love the deep dives. I love the personal connections. I love the non-judgmental, like-minded people that we are around. I love the vault parties. I love getting to know everybody in the vault. It's just been so much fun. And I can't wait to keep being a vault member for many, many years. 
I always look forward to Friday episodes and I needed to know a little bit more. I just wanted that that dirt, <laughs> I guess, the tea. So I am obviously a Patreon member. I started off as a between friends. It's so good. It's, it's like in a little escape from reality. And like I said, I started with between friends and then I needed to hear Brett unfiltered. I just love the conversation between you guys. It's just, it's an investment in my entertainment and I love it. So if you love the Friday episodes, I'd love to invite you to become a Patreon member. And don't forget, if you don't love it, you can always cancel. And when you join, you get all of the back episodes, all the back stories, all the back tea. You can check it out by going to patreon.com forward slash The Shaleen Show. That link is always in the show notes. All right, let's get to today's episode. We just got the video back from the company that you know comes out. Like when you're selling your house, most people now offer a video tour. And so we had our house, you know, they came out and they videotaped it and they took the photos and everything. I don't know if the house is officially listed by the time that you're hearing this, but anyways, I got that video and I posted it up to my Instagram. I'm like, Hey, you guys want to take a house tour? Like, that seems like it's great. Cause then I don't have to like walk around the house and do a house tour. And it was cool because they filmed pieces of it at night, pieces of, I don't know. They just, it was really cool the way they shot it. So I, I showed it on my Instagram. You know what I'll do? I will, Oh, let's see, today's Thursday that I'm recording this. You're listening to it on Friday. I'll post up the video as a story highlight. So if you look at, go to my Instagram, link to it there, and I will post up a highlight of the house and the previous house. And I'll explain why both houses in just a second. So anyways, I post up that picture and I just got flooded with so many questions many of which you know because, hello, you're a lifer, but maybe you don't. And and there were also a lot of questions that I just realized, oh, well, this is just, you know, I take it for granted that people think the same way we think and they don't. And yeah, so I'm going to talk about all those things. I'm going to answer like even the questions that were like, wow, that is super, you might think they were super nosy, but I get it. I totally get it. Or even the question might seem judgy. I get that too. So one of the questions I got was, why do you feel the need to live in such excessively, I think it said excessively large homes? Okay. So first of all, at first I was like, what, how rude. But then I thought, you know what? It's not rude. (laughs) That's her opinion. And she's curious. Because, yeah, no, we don't need to live in the size of homes that we've had, right? And the other reason why I was like, yeah, I should think twice about this being a judgy comment is because when I see people who have, I don't know, like a Birkin bag or which is like, you know, a minimum of a $12,000 purse, (laughs) they go all the way up to like $300,000 for a purse, (laughs) even if they can afford it, I would have the same question like, why? why? Even if you can afford it, why? Or, you know, those people who they post on social media, their jet and the fact that they have a Lamborghini for every day of the week. And I also think, why? What's the point? So I I don't take offense, even though I did at first when I read that comment, I was like, geez, simmer down. But then I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense why somebody would ask that. So yeah, I'll start with that one. 
I like a big house. I really, really like a big house. I like a lot of space. I like a lot of space because I like to have my own space. And it just seems is that as though no matter where I am in the house, like if there's someone else there, they follow me. And when you have a bigger house, you don't feel or see people as often. So, okay, so let me start with our house that we grew. I was going to say that we grew our kids in, that we raised our kids in. And that we called the Fargo house because it was located on a street called Fargo. Anyways, it was a big mamma jamma house. I think it was like almost 9,000 square feet, just the living space. And then it had a subterranean level that was like another 2,500 feet, I believe. And that one, so the subterranean level, we turned into a giant, giant gym, like more than 2,000 square foot gym. That's insane. That's insane. Our first house that we ever moved into, I believe, was was big for us, you know, just being newlyweds. It was 2,000 square feet, I think, a little, maybe a little over that. And to think that our subterranean level of our the house we raised our kids in was over 2,000 feet, yeah, that, that was insane. And it was such a joy, and I loved it so effing much, I cannot even tell you. Because I'm an introvert, right, so I could hide away in that gym and I could create choreography. Now, if you've never tried to like make up a dance or make up a routine, let me just tell you, it's very, very awkward. It is not something you want to do at like the local health club, which I'm driving to right now. The house that we live in now does not have a gym, doesn't have the space for a gym. So the fact that we had that big of a gym with a ballet bars and it was all mirrored and wood floors and it was a full-size friggin' gym, right? Like, I mean, like, you know, there are boutique gyms that are smaller. Like, this was big. And it was so awesome to be able to, like, everyone goes to bed at night. And I could just go downstairs with a pair of sweatpants on and just dance in front of the mirror and try to come up with choreography or routines and not worried that somebody was looking at me or things looked awkward or anything. That was just awesome. Plus, we used that space because we filmed a lot of the videos that we did like for powder blue productions this is like even before we signed a infomercial contract actually wait wait no no we bought the house after the infomercial contract but the you know we were we still owned powder blue productions and we constantly were having to film videos for that program those programs so there was hip-hop hustle turbo kick and payo and each one of those had videos or workouts that came out for the instructors to learn and we filmed i don't remember i think they were like 10 weeks apart or something so we were constantly filming constantly rehearsing so it was really great not to have to book a location to film videos we could just do it there it had high ceilings and so we filmed a ton there and we would rehearse there it was just amazing it was absolutely amazing i love that house so much and what i mentioned and so i i I can't remember why, but somebody asked, oh yeah, someone, because I posted the picture, I posted the video of the beach house that we're selling, and someone said, wait, is this the house you raise your kids in? What happened to that house? And I said, oh, we, we sold that two years ago. And so then I posted up a video of that, and that's when I started getting all those questions. And I also mentioned that we really manifested that house. And we also manifested the beach house, but I think the manifesting of our big Fargo house is kind of an interesting story because it was 
it was just remarkable. And maybe you've heard this story before, but, and I'm going to talk about what it means to manifest maybe on Monday. Cause I think people are really curious and I think there's a lot of misconceptions around manifesting. I think a lot of people think it's just dreaming or wishing or vision boarding, but it's not, there's a process and anyone can learn to manifest. Okay. So, but let me just share with you this story about that house. So when we were first married and I was pregnant with Brock, I was working all the businesses, right? Like so many different things. I was teaching fitness classes. I was, I think I was still working part time as a paralegal. Was I? I think so. I was teaching fitness classes as well. I was trying to teach people how to do business because I had had several businesses by that point. I'd even sold a business at that point. I had obviously started businesses when I was like 15. I started the all Michigan auto swap meet when I was in college. And so, so here I was a new mom, young mom. And I, I knew that like I had all these, not all these, but like I had additional streams of income and I wasn't really worried about money because I always, I always knew how to make money. What I didn't really know at that point was how to focus and how to like focus in such a way that I didn't have to work as hard but I was working in a more focused way. So, you know, I was teaching fitness classes. I was designing fitness programs. I was writing eBooks. I was trying to teach, I was trying to organize seminars to teach stay at home moms specifically how to start their own business. So, so I'm doing all these things. And it was then that I'll say I received the message that I need to focus on one thing. Okay. And I don't know the exact timeline of all of this, but before I decided to focus on just one thing, I was doing in-home personal training and I'd actually started an in-home personal training business, like a franchise. And I had other personal trainers that were working for me. Your girl is a hustler. <laughs> Have you figured that out yet? Like I will find a way to make more money if I need to. And at that time I was doing all these different things, right? So I'm, I am in-home personal training and I had this client. Most of my clients were very wealthy, not all, but most. At a certain point, I started like attracting more of the type of client who didn't have to budget for me. Do you know what I mean? Like when I first started personal training, I was so uncomfortable with the thought that I was a personal trainer, like so much imposter syndrome that I was like, how's $17 an hour? Like just ridiculous what I would charge for people. And when I did that, I would attract people who really couldn't afford me. Isn't that interesting? So I had a lot of clients, but they were the, the clients who, you know, they, they would have to budget. And if they took a day off of work or whatever, or if there was a month that they, things were tight, they just canceled. And then I didn't get paid. And it was, it was hard. It was really, really hard. And I always had to get new clients because people couldn't afford to do it for long. And then I started like realizing, like I started having more confidence in what I was doing and how I was helping people. And then I started raising my rates. And, and what's interesting is the higher I raised my rates, the higher level of income, the people who I started working with and the easier they were to work with and the more they valued what it was I was doing. And then I started, obviously that meant that I was spending more time around people who were, and I don't know how to describe this, but like they were, first of all, they were way more financially 
secure than anyone who was in my friendship circle. Like these were people who were very wealthy and lived in multi-million dollar homes. And I began learning from them and studying them and listening to like how they did things differently. Cause I didn't grow up like that. I grew up poor. Now I didn't know I was poor. So my parents definitely had an, an abundance mindset. You've heard all that, those stories before, but I'd never like been around people who lived that way. I, it was just, it was fascinating. It was fascinating and foreign to me at that time. It was really foreign to me. I want you to know that. But the more I was around it, the more comfortable it became and the more normal it seemed. So when you're only around people who are always complaining about debt and, and always you know, having to count every penny and worry about every price tag. And it's just, that's how you think the world is supposed to be too. And, and you're worried about money all the time. Then, then you start to feel like that's what you should do too. But when you're around people who like are only think in terms of abundance, you start thinking that's what you should be thinking too. It's just, it just starts happening. And so I had this one client, her name was Jackie and she lived up in this neighborhood. It's in Orange County. It's called Nellie Gal. And it's a horse property, if you will. So in Southern California, there aren't very many communities that are on the beach. And there aren't very many communities with big, open, lots of land. Like everything's so small and like homes are built right on top of each other. But this is an area that was just these huge, all, all the homes are custom. So they weren't cookie cutter homes. And it was zoned for horses. So a lot of the people had like little farms or it was a horse property for them. So they had a barn in the back and trails to ride. It was gorgeous. And as a girl who grew up in Michigan, the one thing I never liked about living in California is it felt like there was so much pavement and asphalt and not enough trees, not enough green, not enough grass. Like you don't send your kids to go get lost in the cornfield. That's what we did growing up. So I always dreamed of having this expansive, like something that felt more like Michigan, but here in California. So I'm training this gal named Jackie and she and her husband are very successful and very wealthy. And they live in this Nellie Gale neighborhood and their backyard is my dream. It's like, they've got llamas and goats and like, it's insane. And, and like baby horses and a pool and a pool house and trails and flowers and a garden. And I just was like, oh, I know it's like, three miles from where I live in my, you know, I, was I living in an apartment then? I think we were living in our new house. Yeah, no, no, we were, we were in our house. We were in our first house. And I just would ask her so many questions about what they did and how they thought. And I just listened and I listened and I listened and she just kind of, you know, she poured into me and I soaked it all in through osmosis and lots of other clients. But Jackie was special because that neighborhood when I would be up there, I was, I felt like this is what I want for my family. This is what I want for my kids. Like this will bring me so much joy. I could feel my energy shift when I was in that neighborhood. I'm like, this is the neighborhood I need to live here. I need to live here. And one day we're walking down the street, Fargo, and there was this big, huge, giant lot that we would always walk past. And I would always tell her, Oh, Jackie, someday, you know, I will build a house on that lot. And that was kind of like our joke. And then one day as we we're walking past that lot, somebody was building on it. 
And, you know, she kind of joked like, oh no, somebody beat you to it. You know, I, I doubt that she thought that I was ever going to do that. And sure enough, people were building on that lot and it took them several years to build it. And I continued walking with her. And eventually I stopped doing personal training. I stopped selling eBooks. I stopped trying to market to stay at home moms on how to build a business. I stopped doing all the paralegal work. I stopped doing all the side hustles and I focused exclusively on one thing because I started learning that's what I needed to do to change my, my future. And that was part of manifesting that house. I knew that that is where I want to live. That is a life I want to have. And so what do I need to do to get there? And focusing was one of those things I knew I needed to do. So I really just, even though it wasn't the thing I was most passionate about, I was excited. I liked fitness, obviously, but there were other things that set me on fire more, but I knew that there was a financial opportunity and I needed to seize it. And that financial opportunity was like, there, there was a, a gap in the market, right? There was nobody who was doing what I was doing yet. Other than like one other company in Australia, the Les Mills company was doing, I forget what they call it now, body pump. Yeah. And body pump came out about the same time I started creating a pre-designed workout where fitness instructors didn't have to make up their own routines or come up with the music. And that idea wasn't something new. It was an idea that I got the inspiration from by looking at what my mom did because she taught jazzercise classes. And I remember she didn't have to make up the choreography. And so I was solving my own problem. I, I liked teaching fitness classes, but it was really a pain in the butt for myself and everybody else who was teaching at that time because you had to make up your own routines. You had to come up with your own music. It was a pain and you didn't make any money. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to solve this problem for other instructors. And, and, and I knew it was an opportunity because I knew like all these people were struggling with this. And, you know, if a bunch of people are struggling with something and no one has like really come up with the solution, that's an opportunity. And so I jumped on that opportunity. And we started a business called Powder Blue Productions. And eventually, after we climbed our way out of severe debt, we, due to gambling... And, and that was, it was kind of involved in that too. Like, so I, we start making all this money with powder blue productions. Like we're making a ton of money, but I can't figure out why we're in debt. Right. So I'm just like, Oh, work harder, work. Harder. But it also isn't surprising me that we're in debt because I'd always kind of struggled financially. I'd always could make money, but never like we weren't able to get like way, really, really get ahead. So it wasn't that shocking. Now, later I found out that all of our marriage to that point, Brett had been gambling so part of the reason why we were always struggling was that even though his gambling wasn't as bad in our early years, but once I started making more money, he started gambling more and we started getting like more and more and more in debt. Of course, I didn't know that, and, and, but we're making so much money, but we're in debt and it wasn't making any sense to me. That's a whole nother podcast. We'll get to that. But anyways, just to cut to the chase, once I did find out we were in debt and the gambling stopped and I'm really like summarizing this in like two sentences, even though it's probably like a three hour podcast to tell you that whole story. But once that happened, then we were able to pay back all those people and make our first million dollars. <laughs> I'm sure we had made a million dollars before that, but we didn't have to show it because of the gambling, to be honest. And so now we're making a million dollars, like beyond that. 
And the next year was even more successful than that. And now, now I got my eyes on that house. Like, I'm like, okay, this is the plan. I'm going to continue to grow this business and grow this business and grow this business. And, you know, we're doing all the things to make this a reality. And eventually the success that we had with Powder Blue Productions put us in, you know, tens of thousands of fitness clubs across the United States. We had tens of thousands of fitness instructors teaching our programs. We launched an apparel company. We were doing motivational camps. You know, we were doing a lot of different things related to that business. And that's when we also were recruited by lots of different infomercial companies. And, and we eventually went with Beachbody, obviously, and signed that contract. And then we released our first fitness infomercial, and that was successful. And meanwhile, you know, we're saving money and we're finally on our feet and finally investing money. And then every Christmas, we would drive through the Nellie Gale neighborhood to see the lights because the lights there were insane, like over the top, like rich people homes, like insane, like scenes in front of their homes. Not like the blow ups you get at Home Depot. No offense. I love those too. But like, I'm talking, these people would have like set designers from Disney come over and design their beautiful home with like, you know, white reindeer and a full size real sleigh, like insane. Right. So everybody drives through Nelly Gale at Christmas to see all the lights and the displays. And as we're driving past that house, Fargo, there's a for sale sign. And I'm like, oh my God, this is the house. Brett, this is the house. So we go back. I don't know how, whether it was a couple days later, a month later, I really don't remember, but we go back and write down the address and look it up and we realize it's for sale and it's, it's outside of our range by about, I think like probably 1.5 million outside of our range. And it was several million dollars. But at this time we're like, you know, we figured out what we could afford and we snuck into the backyard because it, there was no one living there. And there was a, a barbecue pit in the back not a pit. What do you call them? Like, you know, one of those built-in barbecues, really nice one overlooking this amazing backyard view. That's a full size tennis court, beautiful horse trails, barns. It's like gorgeous. An infinity pool. It's insane. Insane. Multi-levels. I just can't even believe how much I love this house and how much I want to live here. And then we see this barbecue and on the barbecue has the big giant words that says turbo. I'm like, what? what the what? And that was like the same, you know, couple of months where my infomercial, the Turbo Jam infomercial had taken off. And so it was the number one infomercial. Powder Blue is blowing up. Our clothing line is blowing up. Like all worlds are colliding. And I'm like, I just can't believe this. So we put in an offer on that house. I think a million dollars. No, 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 no. We did not put an offer in. I'll have to ask Brett. He's so good at this stuff. At remembering like specific details. I think we waited almost a year and just watched as that home price kept coming down. And when it came down a million, literally a million dollars, we made an offer that was another like half a million under what they were asking. And I'll have to ask Brett how much we paid for it. I think we paid like $4 million for it. And yeah, that we got the house 
And what was so cool about it is the people who built it had never finished it all the way. Something happened in their business. So a lot of the finishes were like for carpeting and things like that had never been done. So we were able to move in and kind of like make certain things our own. Now, certain things we were just like, Ugh, it's not your style, even though no one had lived there yet, like just tones of wood, etc. But yeah, so we moved in and just tripped that house out. And that house was amazing. I, to this day, miss that house. I missed that that house was like a compound. And people always say, did you use all the rooms? Yes, we used all the rooms. I had a podcast studio. I had my office that my staff worked in in that house. Our kids all had their own rooms. We had a room for my parents, and they were regularly staying with us at that point. We had two extra bedrooms, and at one point we had two young girls that moved in with us that lived with us for a couple years on and off. Yeah, and we had a big giant room that was like all of our snowboarding equipment. It was crazy. I mean, like it had a room, a giant room that we were able to store all of our Halloween and Valentine's and Christmas Day decorations. Ginormous ornaments. Ginor like the tree that we had in the foyer of that home was like, I don't know, I think like 20 feet or something. It was insane. This house was literally out of cribs. It was insane. And I don't know how many bedrooms they had, like maybe eight or something. It was just the most remarkable home. I mean, we, we roller skated. It was like a roller skating rink upstairs. It was all marble floors. And, but so that big house was, it, it was amazing. So we turned the tennis courts into full basketball court, like full press basketball court. So then my kids were able to have basketball practice there. Sierra did sometimes soccer practice there. Like it was, this house was insane. It was insane. And we manifested it. Now there is a specific way to manifest. Like there's, there's a way to do it. Scientific, if you will. I don't know if it's scientific, but it's, it's proven and it does work. And I think a lot of people have a misconception around manifestation. So like I said, I'll talk about that on Monday. Many of you have asked like, how do you keep your kids level-headed and grounded when they have that kind of a lifestyle? Right. And we just did it by always talking to them about like what it took to get there and that this was our money and that they would be making their own money and that they would have the ability to. And, you know, we started teaching them that like long before we were in a house like that, we started teaching them how to make money at lemonade stands and start little businesses. And you've obviously listened to a few podcasts about that. I hope, you know, we talked to them about like, you're going to be able to do this too. Like this is ours and we're not giving it to you. You're not inheriting this, but this is something you'll be able to do or not if you don't want to. You don't it's not about it's not about doing better than your parents, but you you if you want to, you'll be able to. But if you also want to just live in a cardboard box, you can do that too. We're going to show you how this is done and we did and we, you know, taught them how to make money and they each bought their own cars and it gave them so much pride. They were so prideful about that. There's a big difference between in my mind raising a child who's entitled and raising a child who has privilege, but understands responsibility and also understands their own ability, self-efficacy. Like that's probably the most important thing that we can give our kids is to teach them that they can figure things out themselves and, and also to teach them how to manifest. And I'm gonna teach you how to manifest on Monday. But we had, we had how many dogs? Let's see, at one point we had four dogs, rabbit, couple of birds. I mean, we had all kinds of animals. It was a busy, busy house. We had a full-time 
housekeeper who she didn't live there, but she came every day and she helped with the animals. And one thing that we, you know, I've talked about this before. This is not a slam or judgment on anybody else, but like it was important to us. We wanted somebody to help us with all the house stuff so that we could spend more time with our kids. So we'd never had a nanny or anything like that. And again, I'm not saying like that's wrong or right. It just, it's just the way we wanted to live and we manifested it. We, we figured out how to make all of those things possible. Like what does it take to do these things? Because if we didn't have Myra helping us with everything in the house, and I mean like appointments and walking the dogs and putting things, like everything. She, she did everything in the house that was domestic for the most part. If we didn't have Myra, then we would have had to have somebody help with the kids. Like it just wasn't, that house in and of itself was a full-time job. So you might ask, well then, so then why did you sell that house and move to the beach house? Well, we saw that as a, you know, the beach house costs a lot more than the big house. I know that sounds crazy, but if you understand California real estate, you know why that is. And so it was our dream to, once the kids were gone, to then downsize. Because again, that house was a lot of work. But once there were no kids in the house, there were only just two dogs now. And, you know, because that's what happens, life. And it was just the two of us. Then we wanted to move into Brett's dream house, right? So Brett had always dreamed of living on the ocean, like on the ocean. And so we had made that our goal and manifested it over the course of several years prior to being able to sell our, our house. In fact, in fact, in fact, this is amazing. This is amazing. Kind of proud of us. We got to a place where we were able to own that big house and the beach house at the same time and bought another beach property in a city that we ended up, we ended up selling that one because we we're like, Ooh, no, we don't actually want to live there. So we bought a property in Corona Del Mar which is like a beach community kind of near Newport Beach. And then we also bought the property down in Dana Point. And we still owned the big house. <laughs> That's crazy. We had all those mortgages. We were in a position to do that, even though that wasn't wise, but we hadn't sold the Fargo house. So we lived at the beach house for two years while the Fargo house Basically, we let people, our friends and family members use it. We let people film there. We just, we really wanted people to enjoy it. Like it was for sale. So why not let other people enjoy it? And this is crazy. We had our black lab, Maui. He just, <laughs> this is embarrassing to say. This is ridiculous. I know it's ridiculous, okay? I know it's ridiculous. He lived at that house. And we kept Myra on for an extra year and just let her stay there with Maui because Maui couldn't get up and down the stairs at the beach house. He was afraid of the beach house, he, the floors, like he just, and he was blind at that point and going deaf and he was 195 years old. So he wouldn't sleep there. It's weird. He would come to the beach and he would, he would go on the first level and he would visit us almost every day. But he, yeah, I know. I know. Listen, if you love your dog you'll just do stupid things like this. But we were like, the house is empty anyways. And why not give Myra an extra year of just like hanging out with Maui and keeping her salary. And, and so that was like kind of our way of like also kind of letting go. You know what I mean? Like she had been a really big part of our family. And, and then timing, it was such that when we did sell Fargo, she 
moved, or I don't know if she moved, but she went back to take care of her mom, I think in Guatemala. And so everything, God always has this incredible plan, but we wanted to move to the beach. We wanted, we wanted that dream for it. We wanted to wake up and hear the ocean crashing. We wanted to be in our, tucked away in our own little, like it felt like vo- vacation oasis. And that was just a dream. We never anticipated that we, we, we never like said, yeah, that's like our, our house we'd live in forever. We knew it would be for a season. The house that we bought at the beach isn't the kind of house that we picture like having grandchildren at and, you know, it has its own limitations, but we knew it was the right home for the, the season that we were in and it has been. So to answer some questions you have been asking about the beach house. So let me see, let me pull those up. Where will we put our stuff? We, we will probably sell it furnished. I think it makes sense at a house at that level. A lot of the furniture is specifically designed for that home. So I'm sure we will sell it furnished. Any of our you know, special items, etc. cetera, we've, we've got a storage unit, so that's not a big deal. People have asked how much is it listed at? Like, so at first I was like, do I say this? It sounds like, is that bragging? Is that weird? But it just is what it is. And I also want you to begin to change your mindset and believe that this is possible for you. And that's why I want you to listen on Monday. But you know, you could also look it up, right? So it's not like it's hidden information. I think it's listed just under 8 million. Yeah. So storage. Oh, a lot of people ask, so where will your home base be? I think Southern California, as long as we have family here, then our home, our base, or it'll always feel like coming home to come to California. And we'll come to California a lot because we have a lot of family here and we'll stay with family when we come home or we'll rent a house. Our plan is to, to to travel, but travel in kind of a different way. Travel in, in a way that allows us to experience and not feel rushed. So we are excited about living two weeks to a month, and in some cases, maybe two or three months in a bunch of different cities and states and countries. And to not have much of a plan, and I know that some people are like, oh my gosh, I could not handle that uncertainty. But we have a lot of certainty. So where we're sleeping at night isn't that big of a deal to us. Will I miss a beach house? Yeah, sure. The same way, you know, you probably miss certain things about high school. You miss certain things about, you know, any, like your old car. I don't know. Yeah, I will miss it, but I very, like money doesn't control me. Things does, does not control me. Like that's not what brings me happiness. That's not what brings me peace of mind. It's not what brings me contentment. So it's not scary to let go of things. It's not scary to make room for bigger things, better things, different things, just even different things. And will we ever buy again? Yeah, but we've been really pretty smart. We've tried to be smart about when we buy and when we sell. And we know that right now this is the time to sell. So we're selling both of our properties. I mean, we're selling our our headquarters, our business headquarters in California. And we're also selling our beach house and you know, we feel like that's the right time to sell in terms of the equity we have in those properties. And we probably won't buy again in California. I don't think we will. I mean, unless prices really drop, then we might for an investment purpose, but it's really, really hard to do business or to work here. So we'll probably establish residency in another state if for like, you know, you've got to do that for six months. So we'll probably live somewhere for six months. And then the other six months we'll be traveling. We will be exploring, experiencing, visiting, and 
living in different cities, countries, and just experiencing the culture of each location, which I'm really excited about. So in terms of our business, we will probably establish our business wherever it is we decide to live for six months. But all of our members of our team and our staff are now all 100% remote. That was one of the blessings that came out of COVID. It gave everyone that freedom and gave us that freedom and gave them that freedom. And it works really well for everyone, I think. So, and then I think the last thing people asked was about grandkids and we're, we're not putting that kind of pressure on our kids. If they have grandkids and when, when and if, then we'll make plans. And of course, of course we'll be around our kids and near our kids as much as they want. And hopefully they want, but we're also really respectful that it's their lives and it's their plan. And we just want to support whatever makes them happy and not put pressure on them to do anything or, or put pressure on them to have us around. Like hopefully they want to, and hopefully they will invite us to be, but like, it's not an expectation that we have for them. It would be great. And don't get me wrong. Like I would be mortified if they didn't want to be around us, but it's not something that I think because they are our kids, they have to be around us. Do you know what I mean? So I hope you'll tune in on Monday because you can do this. And by this, I mean, really manifest whatever it is that feels right now, maybe outside of the realm of possibilities, but you'd love to have it happen. Let's do that. All right. I'll talk to you on Monday. I love you. I mean it. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, if you enjoyed the show, just do me a favor and double check and make sure that you're subscribed or following if you're actually someone who listens on the Apple podcast. And if you've got just like 30 seconds, it would really mean the world to me if you were able to leave a five-star review and tell me specifically what it is you liked about this episode. My show is released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I do also have a business podcast that comes out on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I host that with my son, Brock. It's called Build Your Tribe. You should check it out. There's always a link in the show notes. I'm sure you know this, but on Fridays, my episodes are very casual. It's very personal. It's usually stuff with myself and my husband. If you love that kind of stuff, I want to invite you to check out my Patreon. It's all of the Shaleen Show episodes ad-free. In addition to that, for just $5 a month, you get extra episodes. And this is this is the stuff that's like kind of too personal to put on the Shaleen Show. It, it's all personal stuff. There's like no like personal development. It's just real, raw, what's going on in our lives, stuff we can't talk about on the show. However, if you are easily offended, Patreon is not for you. That's not the place to be, all right? You can learn more about it by going to patreon.com forward slash the Shalene Show. Any of the links that I referenced in this episode will show up in the show notes, which are just below the episode. To learn more about the services that I offer and to take advantage of some of the free resources, I invite you to check out my website, which can be found at shalene.com. Hold up. 